Matthew 16, 1 through 12. The Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. <clears throat> An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And then he left and went away. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch out, and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They said to one another, It is because we have brought no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said, You have little faith. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive? Do you still not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How could you fail to perceive that I was not speaking about bread? Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he had not told them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This passage is all about people trying to look for signs, signs from Jesus. And this is something that when Jesus was, you know, around, he, let me give you a little context here. He had just been in a community where he was um, uh, healing people. He was curing them of their illness. He was uh, welcoming them into the kingdom of heaven. He was reaching out. He was crossing barriers. He, and before that, he had uh, welcomed a, a Canaanite woman, someone from a, a different community, a, a completely different uh, social background, so, a completely different faith. Uh, he was actually did the, the miracle of the, 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 you know, he looked out and saw thousands of people uh, hungry, and quickly he said a prayer, and suddenly everybody had sandwiches. It was just, you know, and so there's a lot of this stuff that's leading up to this moment, and the Pharisees now see him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those were the religious leaders, and they came up to him, and they're always trying to trip him up, and they said, hey, I tell you what, big boy, uh, they called him big boy, that's the Greek translation, um, uh, the, the original Hebrew is fancy pants, but I'm not going to go there, so... <laughs> They, they said, uh, why don't you show us a sign? If you're so big in the, you know, the heaven thing, why don't you show us a sign, that, uh, sign from heaven? Kind of prove to, to us who you are. And Jesus, you know, imagine that. Imagine you are somebody that has just done this, this great uh, amount of work. You have just, you know, you've, you've raised millions, you've, you've built bridges, you've built everything, and people look at you and say, you know, what have you, what have you done? And you're looking back and you're thinking, but I just, I just worked so hard on all of this. You're not, you're not seeing any of this? And he gets really frustrated with the religious leaders. And he says, you know, you guys know the weather. You, you can look at the weather and you know whether it's uh, you know, time to, to, to go out and enjoy the sun or if it's time to you know, bring that umbrella or, or, or whatever. You, you know by just looking at the sky what it is, but you have no idea what's going on in the sign of the times. In other words, you don't see me. Uh, there's no sign that I could give you. I just gave you a bunch of these kind of signs, but you don't, you don't see me. And then he, you know, he gets with his disciples, who he thinks have seen him, and uh, he's, he's walking with them. 
And he says, you know what? He's still stewing. You know, Jesus, Jesus shared the emotions that we have. There were times when he was happy. There were times when he was joyful. There were times when he was sad. And there's also times when he was just bugged. And he's bugged by this. He's bugged by the fact that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees continue to try to trip him up and try to just ridicule him and continue to try to turn people against him. And so he's with his cronies. You know, he's with his disciples. And he's just saying, you know what? Beware the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, the yeast back then, it was, this was kind of, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, scholars think that this was a, uh, a slang of the times. You know, we, we actually have slang here, you know, uh, I'm with it. So, but uh, groovy baby, but you know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm about 30 years off, but uh, this, the yeast part kind of dates back to um, Passover when they were, ha- they had to leave and it was unleavened bread, no, no yeast. It was, it was that kind of bread. It was, it was the thought of uh, take what you need, you're in a hurry, that kind of thing. But a lot of religious uh, scholars actually think that this was kind of a slang where it had turned its way into, uh, the reference to it had turned its way into um, uh, nonsense, things you don't need, uh, the yeast, the, the leaven. When someone would say, you know, I'll oh, beware that guy's leaven, you know, he's, he's just, he's full of it. He, he's got a lot of, you know, just stuff that you don't need. And so Jesus just says this in passing, he says, you know, beware the yeast of the, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And this is the part I love because this is the part that shows us that the disciples uh, sometimes were just boneheads. And I love that because we, you know, you go to like cathedrals and stuff and you see them in their, you know, they're frozen in time and these robes and everything. But these were morons. They were just guys that were just like, you know, this is a Jesus. Wow, I'm going to follow him. But they didn't always get it. And that gives us permission to also sometimes not always get it. That's what I love about them. I'm not putting them down. I'm making a connection between us and them. We are just like that because there are times when we seem like we get it, and then there's times when we just have no clue what Jesus is talking about. And that's what happened. They hear him say, you know, beware of the the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they immediately go, oh, we didn't bring sandwiches. We're supposed to bring sandwiches. We, we didn't bring any bread. You know, Jesus is going to be mad because we didn't bring bread. And that's when Jesus does the very first religious head plant. You know, just the, oh, for crying out loud, who am I with here? You know, and he says, don't you guys see what I've been doing? Didn't you see? You were there when uh, thousands of people were, were fed. Did you see that? That miracle? Do you see, he's, he's admittedly, he's, he's still venting about the religious leaders, and now he's venting to his disciples that don't understand what he's saying. He said, you, don't you understand what the signs are? The sign of the times. Do you understand what that is? You're not understanding it when I say, you know, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm talking about is beware of the, the negativity and, the, and the, the demanding proof and, and all of this kind of stuff. Beware of the things that are just trying to constantly trip people up and missing that core message. The core message, even when he's fed the thousands with the, the, the bread and the, uh, the fish and the tartar sauce. He did have tartar sauce. So he, he just fit because you can't have fish without tartar sauce. That's disgusting. So you just have the, the bread and the sandwiches and all that kind of stuff. The miracle was not the, mul- the multiplication of that. The miracle in itself 
was that Jesus was showing great compassion and love for people. That was the sign. That's the true sign. And he's with his disciples that have been with him all the time that he has done miraculous things like walking on water, miraculous things like uh, turning uh, loaves and fish into thousands, miraculous things like healing people. And what he's saying is, do you understand the true sign of this? It's not, the, not this, it's not this, it's not, the, it's not the little things that I'm doing here. It's the fact that I am reaching out to people. It's the fact that God is here in the flesh saying, I love you. I love you. Isn't that the sign? Don't you see that that is the sign? You've walked with me now. You've walked with me for a while now. You have seen me reach beyond class. You've seen me reach beyond religion. You've seen me reach beyond barriers, cultures, to show that God is about love. Today, we still seek those signs. But unfortunately, today, we sometimes seek the signs more like the Pharisees and the Sadducees than we do the disciples. We want, to, we want like a, an obvious thing to happen, you know? It's like those, uh, those, those televangelist shows. You know, I, was, I, I, I watched one of those once where a guy uh, dressed in like this, this robe thing is just walking around and people are coming up to him, obviously in pain and stuff, and he's just smacking the crap out of them in the head and just walking on. And he's saying that they're healed. He's not even apologizing for hitting them in the face. Some people seek that as the sign. Some people just want to Google something and have that proof right there. But Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was trying to send us a message that he is still sending today, and that is that sign that you are seeking is not is always this. Sometimes it's beyond that. Sometimes we have to, to seek that, even in times of trouble, even in times when we are challenged, even in times when our very lives are threatened. You know, since, um, since we started this church, we uh, started out meeting in person, but we always had an online presence uh, pretty much since day one. And since then, we have had an online community. And especially since COVID, we've had a lot of people that have uh, started watching us online. And one of those families uh, that was here in person for, uh, since we started, really, uh, that has joined us online is the Ganses. Um, Jen and Patrick Gans, uh, Lorenzo and Luca are a family that have uh, always been with us. We might not see them here in person now, but they're online. And Jen has recently, um, their, their family has recently faced some challenges. And she, was, uh, she blessed me by sharing her story with me. And I was so touched by it that I asked if we could share it uh, here today. Because what we're talking about is finding those signs. The signs of, of Christ in your life. The signs of Christ's presence, even when something doesn't seem like it's that slap-on-the-head miracle thing. Uh, because of COVID and, and all, all of the restrictions and certain health restrictions, uh, she, uh, we videotaped 
uh, my conversation with her. So I'm going to ask that we, we spend about 13 minutes just listening to Jen's story, and we'll, we'll play so it. So my, my name is Jen Gans, and um, I've been with Neighbors probably, oh gosh, maybe four for some year, four years. I know we came to an Easter service for the first time when uh, Lorenzo was little. Um, and I'm married to my husband, Patrick, and we have two boys. Lorenzo is eight and Luca is three. So on um, this summer, earlier this summer, actually on Luca's third birthday, I found out that I have breast cancer, which is definitely not the thing that you're thinking you're going to hear when you're a busy mom, you're potty training, you have a family and you know, you're supposed to be parenting with your husband and um, so we got that news, which, you know, was a, a bit of a shock, not, you know, not something that you, we expected to hear. And so, you know, immediately, I think your mind can start to go to some really dark places um, when you have so much life ahead of you, that, you know, that you think you have ahead of you. And so uh, the important thing for me was just to not let my mind stay in those dark places. Somehow I was blessed with not being angry um, through all of this. And I don't know how that happened. Um, I kind of, you know, at the beginning, I think... I asked myself, you know, really, what is it that I need to move forward? Because I can't change what I have, but, you know, how do I use my energy on, you know, finding peace uh, with what I had? And I mean, but there were times where you start to think about what if I'm not around, you know, for my kids or, or whatever, but I didn't spend a lot of time in that, in that space. I really was able to think about, um, you know, what's, you know, I can't change my diagnosis, but I can change my outlook. And so how do I spend my energy doing that and being the best you know, mom and, and wife and, and everything um, for whatever time I have left. You know, I started to see things, you know, I just, I kind of asked for peace and asked for how do I find that, that peace. And, you know, somehow through all of that, I was able to think about like, okay, I have these, I have some surgeries coming up and I have to go through chemo, but somehow through all of that, I was able to start see like, seeing glimpses of like beauty and everything. And like, I could like really be focusing on, um, you know, the support I was given and really all of the like, just, I was just in awe by all of the outpouring of support. And that's where I really spent my time thinking about, not like, oh, I have to start chemo next week or I have to go have surgery. And through all of that, like, I think the more, the more I did it, the more, like I was kind of training myself to keep doing that through this journey. So, you know, little things would happen, like, and I would try to stop and appreciate those. Like somebody would, you know, tell me like, wow, you know, this could be, you know, my wife going through that, so I'm going to make sure that I don't take her for granted, or, oh my gosh, now, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman and I'm going to go take care of myself and get my first mammogram, and, you know, I started to, you know, love my family stronger and more, um, just in a different way, and so I think the more I did that, it was like a good practice that, you know, I was able to just kind of stay above the, the really dark parts of it, just by focusing on all of the beautiful parts of it. You know, from the beginning, I've just thought, like, it's easier for me to not feel like I'm hiding something and just to feel open and really vulnerable. Like, I got this thing going on, and that's why this might happen, or I might need help help here or there. And then the more I did that, the more people would come out. And I saw, you know, people showing me, you know, love and care that I never thought that had that level of care for me. And so, like, what a beautiful thing that all of... Now I have all of these this bigger support system than I knew I ever had, and that makes going through it so much easier. So for me, the more I shared... Um, it helped other people who were maybe, you know, some people have told me that they were going through difficulties and, you know, I helped put something in perspective for them and see things differently. And so, like, that's also a blessing to be able to do that for somebody else, even though I might have a, you know, be in a situation that's not the best, but I helped somebody else kind of come up from theirs. Yeah. So, yeah. I was really nervous to tell Lorenzo, my older son, you know, my younger son's quite a bit younger, uh, Luca. 
Um, and he knows about it, but really in particular telling Lorenzo was going to be the hardest because I thought about, you know, I feel like I'm in a good spot and Patrick was in a you know good spot, but we could we didn't know how Lorenzo would react. And so how do we kind of protect him, but also be open with him and kind of just tell him it's part of a journey. It's part of my story and it's going to be okay. And so we did tell him and, and you know, now he's just, he's on the journey with us and he can share in the humor and in sometimes the scary parts, but he's you know, able to be very open now with us, with his feelings about it. And so we're, we're on it as a family. I couldn't imagine, I mean, I'm hearing from, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm feeling love differently than I ever have from my family, either, you know, giving and receiving. You know, I'm hearing from family members with, you know, little text messages every day or words of encouragement. And, um, you know, I, I can't imagine doing something like this alone. And I've said that many times too, like, oh gosh, for people who don't have that support system, this must just feel, really heavy, you know, or people who don't have different means, like, this must feel really heavy. So that's been just, you know, I've been kind of thinking, like, you know, through all of this, if I can just focus on, this is the biggest sign I've ever got, is to, like, think about the joy and, like, you know, there's going to be joy in all these parts of this journey. It's just a matter of if I'm, if that's what I'm looking for. So if I'm looking for those things, um, it just helps me feel like there's all these silver linings out there and um, you know it just keeps me going through this long long time period that I have here. I would say to just try to take time and, and reflect and think think about what what will bring you peace like what is it that you need the most to get through this is that you know I don't know it could be all kinds of things and somehow through that I don't know how somehow I just was able to just pick up on this whole idea of like you know yeah you can you can you know, don't be naive to like the, the negatives, but like just do count the blessings and do think about every time there's just a little glimpse of something positive out of it. Um, I think that you just have to reflect on it and think about it, journal about it, whatever it is to help remind you, you know, that it's not all the worries. And like life is as beautiful as you make it, right? So if you have whatever you have in your hands, you know, a short amount of time, a long amount of time, whatever it is, like, you know, I don't, I didn't want to spend my time, you know, with this like wasted energy of thinking, kind of dwelling about, you know, what could have been. Because I feel like I can think for a long time about, you know, should have never happened to me or what if this, what if that. Um, but I felt like, why am I wasting my energy on that? I still have these beautiful kids to love and I have all of this stuff to do. So that's where I'm going to focus my energy on. And so I think if you kind of practice that and practice just thinking about the little good, good things that are in each day, um, I think that might help train you to get to a little spot because it's, it's not easy to do. Um, so treatment for me, so about, well, I got my diagnosis and then I had about a million different scans and tests and biopsies and, and all kinds of things. Um, and then about, must have been about a month and a half after my diagnosis, then I had uh, my first surgery. So I had a double mastectomy. I was in the hospital for a night um, and healed well from that. I did have to go have a follow-up surgery um, and again, healing, you know, healing fine from that. And then just um, a few weeks ago, I started chemotherapy. So I, you know, kind of on that kind of long journey that takes um, several months of time to kind of get through that. But, you know, I've been kind of, for me, if I have a plan, if I know like I'm gonna have surgery, I'm gonna have chemotherapy, I'm gonna have radiation, and I kind of know a general plan, then I can kind of just focus on what's the next right thing I have to do. So at the beginning, my next right thing was make that doctor's appointment when I felt a lump or go get that biopsy or, you know, then go do my surgery, go start chemo. So I just kind of kind of break it down and focus on what's the next thing I have to do. And it makes it feel a little bit more manageable, even though I'll be dealing with it for, you know, many more months to come. 
we kind of suspected it. We had some, we were waiting for test results, um, and we kind of thought, like, okay, you feel a tumor, like that, or you feel a lump, you know, that has to be what it is, right? So we were kind of starting to prepare ourselves, and I know some of the first things we talked about was, like, you know, laying in bed one night, like, wow, that, like, puts some, puts your life in perspective really quick, right? So even the little, the little mundane things or the, you know, difficult things that, you know, from raising kids, you know, any of those challenges, they seem to be like not so big or any, you know, it just it put stuff in a different uh, light. Um, but then we were actually um, out celebrating Luca's third birthday when I got the call um, with confirmation that it was cancer. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of somehow at that moment felt like, okay, that's what I got, you know, let's like, let's rock and roll. Like, what do we got to do next to, to move along? Because I do, I want to keep celebrating my son's birthday and, you know, many birthdays to come. So I just kind of, it was almost like this, like motivation of, okay, yeah, I know what I have to do. Like, let's get through it. I mean, I would say that um, during this, I, I probably got like many people do when you get to a really troubling time in life, I got to this point of like, oh my gosh, like I have to pray about this, you know? And even though, you know, some, it's not something that I would do often, but then I, I remember um, there was a day I was at the hospital getting some scans and these were, it was a little bit of a scarier situation because they had question about if my cancer had spread. So I was going in for um, some more in-depth uh, scans and they're um, at the hospital, they have this like prayer and meditation room. And I remember sitting in there um, and I just remember it being, you know, very quiet, but like super light outside and just kind of the serene feeling of like calmness. And I just remember like my prayer was almost like a just very vulnerable, like opening up to like, wow, like I've now through this kind of a reflection of I've seen all of this stuff happen the last few you know weeks and I've felt these different feelings and um, just kind of it was more a little bit of gratitude for, you know, what what I have felt in terms of support and things like that. Um, it was, um, you know, prayers for wisdom for my doctors and, you know, hope for healing. Um, and But really just, I, did, I do remember expressing gratitude specifically for um, being able to see my family um, in a new light and like love in a different way. Because um, I think that, you know, I don't know, it was just something different that I was able to see that I hadn't seen before. And now when I think back about that, no matter what happens, like, now I have this gift forever, right? Like this gift happened in that moment where, you know, yes, my scans came back great, you know, that was good. But like the gift that I have is really like, now I'm gonna love my family even differently than I've loved them before. And so I would have never had that. So for the rest of my life, now I have that from this experience. So I always reflect on that when I think about, you know, when you asked about, you know, my relationship with Christ and what's the biggest gift or sign. And like, that was that moment for me. I remember not asking for a sign or anything in particular, um, but I just remember, um, I think if you just be really honest and vulnerable, like then I just, I, I don't know, it was more of, maybe this was the sign, I don't know, I, got, I was just filled with hope and like a little bit of calmness and I think that I felt um, trust and I felt, um, I don't know, I, I felt hopeful. And so I think that maybe, maybe that was my sign, it wasn't any, you know, specific thing or some, you know, I don't, I don't know, very blatant, but um, I, I, I just remember, I don't, I don't think there's a sign I could ask for. I just want to ask for like somebody to help me move, move forward. Do you, do you feel like Christ is in this journey with you? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and, you know, and I'm not one that has often talked about that or thought about that, but truly having the opportunity to reflect and, and think about, you know, how I was blessed with this mindset, blessed with the healing so far. You know, I do 
because I, I think, how, how did I get blessed with this, you know, this ability to kind of seek the positive in the situation? And I think that it's a really special thing, and I do think so. It just opens up your mind to something, like, deeper that you didn't even know that you could do. Like, I didn't, I never thought before this that I could be so strong. Um, I never, you know, thought before this that I would see life in the, the lens that I see it now. And like I said, now I have that gift forever. And so I do think if you let yourself be open to that type of reflection, you can see something bigger than you ever, you know, thought would come out of it. Things have been going really good on my journey. Um, and I kind of, you know, like I was telling you earlier, chemotherapy is going really well for me, even though I wasn't sure what to expect. But I'm not going to forget that, like, and I'm going to think about, wow, you know, I'm able to do this. My body is very strong, and so I'm going to be grateful for that. And I'm going to just... Um, kind of fill my mind with like, wow, all these great things that I'm doing and, and not forget and not, you know, continue to thank God for that and continue to just have that positive mindset. Um, and I think when things aren't going well either, you have to allow yourself to still feel that. So I talk a lot about, you know, kind of the positive side, but I think it's okay to still allow yourself to feel how you feel. Um, and then just, you know, I don't know, I think journaling, I keep a little journal that I just put little quotes in that kind of has helped me or just kind of for mindset. Sometimes I like to start my day with like a, you know, some type of positive mindset quote and just little things like that I think can kind of keep you, keep your mind, um, let it feel all the feels, um, but then just try to, you know, move onward. I just think, you know, surrounding myself um, with a great support system um, has just shown me that, you know, I have a level of, you know, support and care from others, from God, from anybody who I talk to, who I share my journey with. Um, and I think it can be, you know, I think I'll use this as an opportunity to going forward when I know somebody is hurting or I know someone has a similar experience to share my journey and just offer a little bit of support because I know how much that's helped me through my journey. I've, I'm grateful for kind of this new lens on life um, that I'm able to see just like I said, the beauty in life is just so much more apparent than, than I have seen it before. So now I have the whole rest of my life to be able to look um, through the world uh, with that lens. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Jen. I know that you're watching for sharing that. It's something that when someone uh, goes through uh, very challenging things in our life, when we, when we make ourselves vulnerable, when we allow ourselves to feel and to share those feelings, we surround ourselves with people that show us the signs. The signs sometimes are not the, um, the miracles that we the cliche in our, in our world. It's not the, the wealth. It's not the, the big explosion of something. Sometimes that sign can come in tragedy. If you really want to know the signs of Christ, Love your neighbor. You'll see Christ in that. That's one of the best signs is when we, when we love each other. Jen is going through some challenges. Her entire family is going through some challenges, but she is surrounded by a community of love, and in that love, she sees Christ. You want to know the signs? Where are the signs? Share it. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us to remember that your message is one of love. And for us to see it, 
Sometimes we just have to be open and share it with everybody. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.